Thanks for listening to the Life Church Boise weekly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Mark Bohr. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. I tell you, this is a good time, isn't it? I mean, I say in all seriousness, if, if that were all there were to a service, you know how valuable that is? <laughs> Glory to God. I tell you, people think they're, you know, they're out doing all kinds of stuff. Some people are enjoying themselves, some people aren't. But there's nothing that compares to uh, a manifest presence of God. I tell you, it, it does more for us than we realize. You know, sometimes it's like, you know, that vitamin that supposedly, you know, I mean, you know, it does, you don't feel it once you take it. You just take it because you believe it's long-term, you know, producing good things in you. Sometimes being in the presence of God works like that. Sometimes it's real evidence, like, woo, I feel that, you know. And sometimes it's, it, you know, it, it just shows up in life. Uh, when you have times in his presence. And so I got some advice. Do that again. I mean, take one of those again. Take another one. <laughs> and it will do us so much good. So much good. Amen. Oh, the Spirit of God is, is, is doing good things. Because that's who he is. Amen. Amen. Blaine and Molly, what's up? Good to see you guys. You guys now are doing a uh, the Cowboy Church on Sunday, and that's in Homedale. What time is that service? Ten o'clock. Nine o'clock breakfast. Ten o'clock, Cowboy Church out in Homedale. Badiola. Whatever that. Arena, in the arena. Badiola. Church and dirt. Church. That's right. Amen. Well, if you want to go out there or you know people out there, uh, that you should support that and uh, be a great time. If you know people who are in the cowboy world, especially, that don't go to church on carpet. <laughs> but they will go to church on dirt. Uh, you should send them to that, and because those guys are do a great job and uh, be a good good time. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Why don't we pray for you guys? Just reach out your hand toward them, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you for the anointing and call of God upon their lives. We pray that you would enhance, that you would increase, that you would expand their tent. Hallelujah, that you would increase the effect of their reach, in, increase the sphere of their influence. Father, give them vision for things to come, that they may see it realized in their lives. They may see your great plan and purpose realized in these last days. Thank you for visions from heaven, insights from above. Oh, thank you, Lord. Good things, good things coming into their lives. Thank you for much increase and much influence and much 
ministry coming out of their hearts in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Pour out your spirit upon their meeting on Sunday. Thank you, Lord. May there be much in much fruit that, re, that comes and remains in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. It's fun when you pray and the Lord helps you pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Some of us went to the Capitol this morning or at noon. Anybody go there? Well, I didn't see all of you there. Where were you standing? I saw a few people, but not much. Not, you know, a lot of people there. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, Franklin Graham was uh, there. On, he's going to all 50 states, and he was in our state today at the Capitol uh, praying for our, our state and our country and leading us all in prayer. And, and, of course, he spoke some good things. And, of course, I love the Grahams this, this way, both Billy and Franklin is every time they have, an, they have a microphone in front of them, they share the gospel. Amen. You know, Jesus died for your sins, and he, of course, led everyone in a prayer, everyone who wanted to be saved, uh, you know, in a prayer of salvation there uh, at the Capitol. Hallelujah. And uh, I sure hope this thing gets on the news and stuff. I mean, because is, is it already? Because, you know, how that works around here, 10 people gather to protest, and it gets all kinds of news coverage. You know, and then there there was thousands of people down there, and uh, and I had parking grace, by the way. <laughs> just just threw that in. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Drove down there, thought I might not be going. I mean, where in the world do people park? Yeah, and then I said, I said, Lord, I need parking grace. Parked right behind the Capitol. Walked right. I mean. 30 seconds away, walking. Hallelujah. <laughs> Got to go. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Open your Bible to Psalm chapter 8. Let me read this. If you're new with us on Wednesday night, we call these believers services, believers meetings. It's because they're designed for the believer, not for the unbeliever per se. And you know, there's things that we can go into that that you know isn't always appropriate in all kinds of meetings. And you know, it's not always effective. It's not always the right time to worship for an hour and just have prophecy and all these kind of things that we've already had tonight. Uh, but but when believers get together, you can have different moves of the spirit. And uh, thank God for them. And there's more the Lord wants us to, to see and do and know and understand. Uh, and He wants to take you further than you've been. Uh, I find myself sometimes limiting God in my own thinking. Limiting how far the Lord, what He might want to do because I've got Him in, I don't try to, but, you know, got Him put in this little cage, <laughs> this little box in my mind saying this is what God can do. And this is the kind of service where we intentionally take it off. Meaning we're not bound to a certain time frame or formula or component. We're just, we're just saying let the Lord be who He is. Amen. Man, when, even when I say that, the Spirit of God moves on me. <laughs> you know that in the Scripture, the, the time which we live, it's called a dispensation. It's called the church age or the age of grace. Different language used in Scripture. 
uh, one of the most unique characteristics, uh, apart from salvation, forgiveness of sins, and so forth, uh, about this time, if you were to read the Bible, and about this time, and you read from the book of Acts to the end, is the third person in the Godhead takes kind of a preeminent place. You know, that person is the Holy Spirit. It wasn't like the Holy Spirit wasn't working. He's the one who moved on the face of the deep in creation. He, the Godhead always, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, always works in everything that happens. Old Testament, New. But there is most certainly an emphasis when the day of Pentecost came, the Holy Spirit was poured out and uh, on all flesh. Okay, And so there's an emphasis on the person, the work, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, the Holy Spirit's always saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Uh, but no doubt, there is a work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus even mentioned this in, in most serious terms when he, when he talked about blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And that took on a severe level of importance um, when, it come to, when it come to that type of sin. And so we, we, we know that's a really big deal. I mean, uh, maybe it's revealed just in the fact that his name is, his first name is Holy. I mean, that's kind of serious. I mean, what if your name was Holy? <laughs> holy Mac. <laughs> I mean, talk about a standard to live up to. <laughs> but, I mean, we know God is holy and... Uh, you know, he's pure, he's, he should be rever- reverenced, respected, he is holy without blemish and, and spot in any, in any way. God is that. And then when you come into Christ, you know, we're a holy people. We are, we are washed and cleansed and made holy in his sight. Well, if you're a holy God and you want holy children, but they're living in a messed up sinful world, how can you get holiness out of them? Well, one is you can make them holy in Christ. You can wash them, clean them up, and make them look just like you. And here's another thing you can do is you could put your spirit in them, and your spirit is named holy. And so the very breath we breathe, it's the, it's the person of the, whole, the Spirit of God. He is a holy spirit. And so you know the Lord is always working in us to live holy, to think holy, to, to conduct ourselves in a holy way. I mean, you know, anytime you do something that's unholy or uh, not consistent with the character and nature of God, you know the Spirit of God is not with you on that. It's like we talked about earlier during worship, you know, the repetition thing, and, and sometimes you find a word or an activity that the Lord is moving on when you find that. Doesn't it feel so good? Woo! It's like you stepped on the moving sidewalk, and all of a sudden you're cruising along, and, and uh, it's just something extra there. Huh? Just the opposite's the case. Whenever we go contrary to who God is and then who we are in Christ and what His Spirit does in our lives, we find, uh, it's like I'm walking backwards on the escalator, you know, going the wrong way. I'm working extra hard in life now. And if you're, if you're working extra hard in life, you might be going the wrong way. Yeah. You want to be in, in, uh, in the flow of, in connection with the Spirit of God. Again, the dispensation we live in, the church age, um, I think we're at the end of it because I think the Lord's coming back real soon. Uh, but we're in this age where the Holy Spirit needs to be given preeminence um, in this regard. We're always listening for His voice. We're following Him. You know, and some of the gifts of, of the Spirit that are, that are unique to our dispensation, you know, the gifts of the Spirit, there's nine of them listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. They are 
just real quick. Uh, gifts of healings, workings of miracles, special faith. They are uh, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Then there's word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. There's nine of those. Two of the, uh, let me say it this way, seven of those were in the Old Testament. They didn't operate, operate through the average dude, but they did operate through the prophets primarily. You'd see those gifts. Um, in the New Testament, there's two. They weren't in the Old Testament. They weren't even in the ministry of Jesus. And those two gifts are the tongues, diverse tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Okay? And you can see that that, that is a, really a big thing. Sometimes people try to minimize that and say, well, that's a lesser gift. And Well, I mean, how often, if it, if it is lesser, how often do you skip the first few stairs when you go up? <laughs> so, I'm going to get into those, those better gifts. They're usually never getting into anything else. They're skipping the smallest things. In our day, in this dispensation, in the, in the new covenant, all believers should have those things working in them. They should, and in your personal and private life. Uh, why is there such opposition? Why is it that, you know, I might be throwing out uh, not completely accurate estimates, but why is it like maybe two-thirds of the body of Christ don't want to talk about the Holy Spirit and the move of the Spirit? Ooh, you're talking about tongues? <laughs> you know, wh- why is that weird to some believers? Now, real, now seriously, I, I think the basis of it is the enemy. And I don't mean they're full of the devil or anything like that. <laughs> I'm not putting people down. I'm just saying, I think the enemy wants to stop people from living and walking in the power of God. Because the more you and I have the active work of, which is power, which is inspiration, which is revelation, lots of Asians, we have these things working in us, the more dangerous we are to the kingdom of darkness. Uh, And the more useful we are to the kingdom of God. And so to have a move of the Spirit and to talk this way. You know, in the book of Acts and in New Testament times, it wasn't uncommon for people to say the Holy Spirit said. It wasn't uncommon for people to say, I, I had a dream. And, a, you know, it was a God dream, not just something else. For someone to have a vision. I mean, I don't mean every person had a vision, had a dream every day. And, and, and No, but within a group, for people to have a vision, to dream, for people to have experiences with God, for the Holy Spirit to speak. You know what I'm talking about? That, that was normal, okay? And, and if, it's, if it's abnormal, it tells me we're not giving enough place to that person of the Godhead that moves in this dispensation. All right, because in our t- in our day, it's not through just a few people. People are gifted differently, but the Holy Spirit moves through everyone in the in the church. Amen. And so we want to give place to that. We want to give attention to the work of the Holy Spirit, the move of the Holy Spirit. Things like uh, you know revelations and prophecies and these kind of things. You know, we always judge everything because I know there's weirdness wherever you let the Spirit move because sometimes things are called the Spirit that are not. You know, I know in some circles everything everything under the sun is prophetic. Ooh, that's a prophetic chair. You know, 
<laughs> they want It seems like they want to add the word prophetic to everything you do to kind of boost, bolster it up and give it credibility. And I, I, there's always things that are kind of extreme, I guess. But I don't want to back off from the real deal, the genuine article, and that God is speaking and He's moving. And uh, and you know this, uh, even when it. I, I wasn't going to say all this. This has nothing to do with Psalm eight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> even when there's. Uh, gifts, vocal gifts, like we said, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Uh, When vocal gifts are used, do you know that the source is is perfect? The vessel isn't always perfect? And, And, you know, I don't mean it's okay. I'm not by any means making an excuse and saying it's okay to say things in the name of the Lord that are not you know, what he said. I take that very seriously. I think we all should. But at the same time, I, I know this. I've individuals that I've been around and been in meetings where someone is saying something and part of it was God and part of it was them. It just was. I mean, did they intend it? Most likely not. Most likely their heart was right and, you know, somewhere in there they stopped hearing and they kept going. <laughs> and they, you know, I'm not so disturbed by that. You know, maybe you've heard the phrase, uh, again, this is not a verse, but better a little wildfire than no fire at all. Because if, we, if we're so much on the other side that I'm afraid of anything being not 100% pure extract God, then we're likely not ever going to step out. Peter walked on the water, but he also sank, but he did walk on the water. Thank God for someone got out of the boat. Huh, we can criticize him all day for getting his eyes on the wind and the waves, but uh, it's easy to criticize from the boat, isn't it? <laughs> Peter, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Who in the world taught you how to walk on water? If I were doing that... <laughs> Sorry, I think that's funny myself. <laughs> But that's, I think that's a trap we sometimes fall into. Right. Just, no, don't do it like that. No, 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 no. What are you doing? What are you saying? How's the Lord working through your life? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Again, if we're used in vocal gifts and if you prophesy and do these things, do your absolute best. Yield 100%. And if you get it wrong, admit you got it wrong and, you know, go on and learn and grow. But I don't want to squelch the, the move of the Spirit. I don't want to have deadness and dryness. And I mean, these are the last days. We don't have time for, for church to be dead and boring. We don't have time for Christians to not know God. We don't have time for there to be an absence of visions, an absence of, of revelations. I think the Lord, if anything, when I read Scripture and I read about the former rain and the latter rain and them being together... And then before, I think it's only supposed to increase. I think we're only supposed to have them have more and more and more and more. Amen, amen. And so let's just let's just keep yielding to that and turn it up and crank it up. Let the Spirit of God do great things. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Let me pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you for what you're doing in here. Thank you for the infilling. Oh, for the refreshing times of refreshing. Thank you for fresh and new outpourings, for manifestations of your spirit in these last days, on us, in us, through us, among us, 
We are the church. We are the body of Christ. We are your people. Thank you for working through us and causing us to be exactly who we are. Exactly who we are supposed to be. The powerful, the spotless bride, the, 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 the Lamb of God. Thank you, Lord, was slain for us that we could rise up and represent you. Thank you for working in us. Holy Spirit, we give you place. We give you freedom. Ha, ha. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you. You are the wind of heaven. You are the breath of the Almighty. You are the, the helper and the comforter. Thank you for working in us today. Thank you for working in us. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Now, uh, Angie, when are we doing the next uh, Holy Spirit class? Is that that? When is that? No, what, is that this Sunday? A week from Sunday, we have a class called Holy Spirit, and it's at 9.30, right? So during our first service. If you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, sometimes we do that in this service. I don't think we're going to do that tonight. If you've never received the, maybe you're born again, thank God you're going to heaven. If you've never received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, you should go a week from Sunday. Where is that class? Great Room, which is right over there. It's labeled. Oh, and we even have a graphic. <laughs> you should go to that, seriously. You should go and at minimum learn and at maximum receive. Amen? Some of you are ready to receive and they'll be ready to pray with you and help you. And some of you just say, I don't know about that stuff. Good, good. That's why we have a class. Answer questions. Get Bible on it. We don't want to do things that aren't in the, aren't in the Word. Uh, it's, in the, it's in there, a bunch. Go to that class. Amen? Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Psalm chapter 8. It says uh, here, verse 1, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of, of your enemies that you, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens... The work of your fingers, that's interesting, the heavens, he just used his fingers, (laughs) the moon and the stars which you have ordained, so stop, this is the consideration of the writer, he's looking outside apparently, saying, whoa, holy stars, Batman, (laughs) maybe he didn't know Batman yet, but uh, you know. He's impressed with the majesty of the universe, the moon, the stars that God has ordained. And he starts thinking about himself. He says, what is man that you are mindful of him? Why are you thinking about us in the midst of all this enormity of creation? And you're thinking about me. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? You have, for you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him 
with glory and honor, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. This is interesting. In comparison, like, what is all this? But then it comes back to a revelation of who God made us to be. And uh, you might be familiar with this, but in verse 5 where it says you've made him a little lower than the angels, some of you may have a translation that reads differently, like the, like the New Living Translation or different ones, and you'll notice it'll use the word God right there. It'll say you have made him a little lower than God. And that's because the actual Hebrew word is the word that's thousands of times translated God in the it's never translated angel except for right here. Okay? And it, it literally literally means God. You wonder those who translated, you know, like the New King James and some other translations, if they went <gasps> You realize our Bible was translated into English by human beings? There's nothing that says that they're infallible. The Word of God is pure and infallible as He gave it. But again, you got people involved, and we have translations, and that's why we're told to study. But maybe they went and said, you have made Him a little, not a lot, a little bit lower than what? Than God? And they couldn't handle that. But that is the revelation that we have here. Do you know that the Lord didn't design us to be far inferior to him that there is God and then there's us the picture that the Lord had that he gives us is that there's God and then there's us now if that seems if that seems at all arrogant or proud I don't think you got it because it makes me want to bow my knee and say who are who am I that you are mindful of me what you've made me just a little lower than yourself wow and you see that in in creation god never designed uh, it was never his plan that he make us so far beneath him but he made us like him in the now we know sin has affected the world and so I can't I don't know exactly what that looked like other than I'm redeemed so I I'm in Christ and he loves me just as much as Jesus right but he made us to be I, I don't we shouldn't we shouldn't think of it this way almost like if you have a pet there's you and your pet and how many know the intelligence level there's is pretty significant <laughs> You know, I mean, how does the animal, how is he happy? Just all day long. <laughs> I don't know if you ever think about that, but we have a dog. He's better than your dog, and he's superior in many ways. However, sometimes I think, uh, isn't he bored? How do you sit around and do nothing all the time? I mean, our dog doesn't even fetch, so maybe yours is better in that way. He doesn't, you throw something, he would just look at you. Oh, what? Like, I'm going to get that? <laughs> I don't know, maybe a little, maybe he got a little cat in him. <laughs> but we think about us, 
and our dog. We love, you know, dogs can be loyal and all this stuff. But there's a huge difference. You're not fellowshipping on the same level. But how many know with the Lord, we are. And so the difference must not, must be a lot closer than us and our dog. Uh, It's us and we can fellowship with God. Sometimes it makes me wonder. I mean, we certainly recognize our limitations and our lack of knowledge and our inability. I wonder if it's a lot less than it really is. Or at least a lot less than it's supposed to be. And I wonder if we can come up. But nevertheless, we, are, we were created to, to have fellowship with God. I think it's, it's important that we understand our value to the Lord. When you understand how much you are worth to Him, how you're not so inferior, but you're just a little lower than God, it might change your attitude as far as God wanting to do things for you. You are of such high value to Him. I mean, Jesus painted the picture when, when He taught, in, I think it's Matthew chapter 7, where He taught about how if, a, uh, if, if one of you asks... Um, for for bread, uh, you know, am I getting this right? I'm trying to, can't quote it. But you know, if you ask for bread, would your earthly father does it use that language? Give you a stone, and then you know, give you a serpent and so forth. And he goes on to say, how much more will your father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And uh, you can see that we're so very valuable to him. And for us to ever think otherwise is totally wrong. Think, well, he's not really thinking about me. Yeah, he is. He's mindful of you. So who am I? That's a good question. But here's who you are. You're you're his creation. You're someone made in his image and in his likeness. You're someone that he's given authority to. Someone that he designed to rule and reign in this life. Someone that was created to carry out his will and his, his plan in the earth to be a vehicle, a vessel that he himself could manifest through. You're something pretty, pretty important. One of the ways that, that we can discover and understand our value is by the price paid for us. If you ever wonder, what am I worth to God? What, am I, what is my life really worth? What value am I? I tell you, it took the blood of the Son of God. It took the precious blood of Jesus to redeem you. And God knows knew what he was getting. He didn't get ripped off. He didn't go to the car dealership and ride off with a lemon and say, I got took on that one. (laughs) I got taken on, on that deal. He knew what he was getting and he paid top price. There was no amount of money that could redeem us. There was no amount of human effort and works that could restore us to a relationship with the Father. But it took God himself becoming man, taking the form of a bond servant, hanging on a cross, bearing our sin. Jesus shed his blood. That's what you're worth. That's what I'm worth to the Father. He went to great lengths to get us back. To make a way where he could embrace us and legally do it because we would be washed clean and be sinless in his sight. That is of high value. So there might be individuals in your life that don't recognize that value. 
There might be people that see you and treat you like dirt and, and think you're good for nothing, waste of flesh, wasting the oxygen. I tell you, there is someone who knows better. And He is your Father in heaven. He is your Creator. He is the one who gave His life through His only Son to redeem you. He knows better. And He says, tremendous value. I made them just a little bit lower than me. And I have crowned them with loving kindness and tender mercies. Thank you, Lord. With glory and honor. And I've given him, them, Him, Her dominion in the earth today. We carry a lot of weight in the kingdom. I'm telling you, what you think matters to him. What you desire matters to him. And that just is. That's just a fact. Knowing that can bring such a security to where we can get our attention off of everything that we want and what we desire and say, now, Lord, I'm loved by you, period. I just accept that. And then you get your priorities right and you just serve him. Amen. But how many know, you know, when Jesus used the language of loving your neighbor as yourself? Well, that can be pretty difficult when you don't like yourself. Huh? Because a lot of people are loving their neighbors like themselves. They hate themselves and they hate their neighbors. You know, they're disappointed every time they think about their own life and then it comes out to other people. Well, more of a revelation of how God loves us really fixes that. When you become secure and, and settled in God's love and His value placed on your life, you start treating people better. Because you're not so concerned about whatever everyone's opinion of you, of whether they think you're something or not. My father, he, he thinks I'm something, and he's right. huh? He's right about everything. And it brings such a, a, a security to our lives, and from that we can you know, love people better. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I think it's real important for us to understand these things. Amen. He put all things under our feet. Amen. He, he made us. He created us. We are, his, according to Ephesians 2, His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. And as we'll see ourselves uh, from that perspective, uh, we can go up from there. Amen? And, and let me say this. And uh, you know the Lord, the, the Lord enjoys blessing you. I know people get their, they get a little bit tweaked in their focus when all of their attention gets on the blessings. And they forget the purpose, the reason we do things and, and so forth. But set that aside. I'm not talking about what we do right now. The Lord enjoys blessing you. He enjoys giving you stuff. Why would you deny him that? You know, sometimes uh, he, he, you know, he just wants to love on us, embrace us, give us stuff that we like for no other reason than it makes him happy. And some of us can relate to that. I mean, if you have loved ones, or if you have children, it makes you feel good to give people stuff. When you give something to them and they go... I just, that's just what I wanted. I like that color. I, I enjoy doing that thing. I, well, that does something for you. What, what is that? That's the love of God working, working there. That's the way He is towards you. So don't think this is selfish at all or self-centered or anything. But sometimes, you know, it pleases the Father just to say, Lord, I just received from you. 
I receive your love. I receive good gifts from you. Thank you. Oh, I enjoy everything you give me. He likes that. Amen. Now, let me say this. I think this might be the last thing. Uh, you know, a few weeks back or a month back, something, one of these, one of these services like this, uh, we were sharing for a little bit about pleasing God. All right, and gave you a number of scriptures, and and that's certainly a a worthy subject, a biblical subject. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him, and so forth. Let me say this on the other side of that for a moment. He's not difficult to please. The way the Father is toward us, He's not one of these people that little bit more, little bit more. Uh, you tried, yeah, it's, you, you keep coming up short. That is not the way He relates to us. He's very easy to please. Say, well, you have to have faith. I know, but you do. You have faith. You're not even saved. (laughs) You have faith. You're in the kingdom. He's not difficult to please. You don't have to work real hard and strive and struggle to get God to put a smile on his face looking at your life. You have to. I mean, I just tell you, we, we looked at this a little bit, but just the fact that we are his children, he is pleased with that. But he is not, and I want to rid ourselves of this thinking, uh, what we might call a, a hard taskmaster, where it's always work a little bit harder, do a little bit more, give a little bit more, pray a little bit longer, read a little bit more word, witness to a few more people, worship a little bit louder, lift your hands up a little higher, you know, sing a little bit longer, always a little bit more, a little bit more, and he's never really happy. He is not that way. There might be others that have been in your life that way. Where you've never been able to be good enough. You're good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Your goodness is found in His grace. And yes, I, I do want to please Him. I want to fulfill His will for my life, His plan. I, I want to live by faith. I, want to, I know those things please the Father. But I don't want to fall in that other ditch. Where I'm always striving just to do a little bit more, a little bit more. I'm valuable. Uh, I said that was the last thing. Here's a, another thing. It, it fits though. It's, so it's the same thing. We'll just call it that. You know the scripture. Maybe you do. In, over in the book of James, it says, Behold, the husbandman waits for the, uh, for the precious fruit of the earth. The husbandman is the farmer, but really in, we read in John, it's Jesus. Okay, he waits for the precious fruit of the earth till he receives both the early and the latter rain. All right? And we know that's talking about the coming of the Lord and that the coming of the Lord is contingent upon the harvest coming in, the early and the latter rain poured out. But notice what it's called. He said the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. We've made this statement, the Lord's not waiting for apples and oranges and and waiting for the wheat harvest and the alfalfa to come in and he's waiting for all, no, 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 no. Who's the, what's the precious fruit? It's you. It's me. It's those that he still wants to reap from this planet. But here's the point. Here's that last thought. You're called precious again there. I'm called precious fruit. Amen. It's like the way Amy was treating our, our little apple tree. It's sad. 
we have an apple tree and you know it tried to fall over and we propped it up and it's growing apples and stuff but a lot of them would fall off too soon am I saying that right and the birds would knock them off and and, there, and so Amy went on and, and you know it's our only apple tree and uh, and so she didn't want all those apples to go to waste so she was getting all those apples and and uh, getting the parts that and so she's making all kinds of stuff you know what'd you make bread and applesauce and jam or something too that was the apricot. <laughs> You've got samples afterward, right? Oh, no. <laughs> but I mean, here, here, here's my point for telling you that. We got this apple tree, and, well, because it's our apple tree. Well, her apple tree. It was for Mother's Day a couple of years ago. <laughs> and her apple tree. She didn't want those apples to go to waste. She could have easily thrown them away, let them go. But it's like, no, we're going to save these. We're going to rescue them and, and make stuff out of them. They're precious to her because it's her tree. We're God's apples. The apple of his eye, right? And I tell you, sometimes we fall off the tree too early. <laughs> Something, Birds knock us down or whatever. But the Lord wants to make good use of us. Amen. Wants to use us for his glory, for his kingdom, because we're precious to him. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.